Welcome into the Five Club Scramble. Me, Jay Billis, Gil Hance. And who's joining us today? Guy who's been pretty good at what he does. Now, you got to consider the fact that it is, it, it, we've rolled the calendar to July. So getting Billis and Gil together, not easy. Uh, Jay, since the middle of April, has probably played 247 rounds of golf. Uh, Gil has designed 247 golf holes uh, in the last couple of months. Well, we finally threaded the needle together again. And who do we got? We got a guy who, along with Kurt Gowdy and Al Michaels, in the existence of network television, have been the lead guy in Major League Baseball and also the National Football League. Eight-time Sports Emmy winner and a guy who is now the face of Monday Night Football for ESPN. It's Joe Buck. It's the Five Club Scramble. only a grip it's only my sole connection to this it's only in my hands on every single shot it's an extra two yards of carry when it matters most yeah only a grip mine are only golf pride respect the grip and with that, we welcome in Jay Billis, Gil Hance. Uh, Gil, I've seen you not on a golf course. Actually, you were on a golf course, not playing. If you've seen Jay, that's all he does is play. How are you, boys? Great. And I am not playing a lot of golf, but it sounds like Jay is. I'm playing as much as I can after the NBA draft ended. That is, this is golf season, so I'm going to be walking on grass. Hopefully not as much rough as normal, more fairway, but, uh, but I'm going to be walking on grass until, until October. Um, Gil, we already found out before the show started because it took him, I don't know, three sentences uh, to share with us that he made a two on 17 at Pine Valley. Who, has to, who, who was subjected to that obnoxiousness after you made the two? Who were you with? I was actually with Taylor Zarzer, uh, Spence Whitman, and David Mooney. And uh, I don't think anybody was watching the flight of the ball. They were, they were looking at just what beautiful men <laughs> Mooney and Whitman are, you know, with their Ronald Reagan hair and glistening skin. We had to remind the caddies that please watch the ball. Don't watch the two beautiful men that are in our foursome. <laughs> so did you see the ball go in? Because that green's, that green's a little elevated. It's elevated. Yeah, I did not see it go in. And then uh, when we when we walked up to the green, only saw one ball up there. And I figured, okay, this is the normal thing that happens. I'm over or or, you know, in the rough somewhere or in a bunker and uh, and found it at the bottom of the hole. So I didn't actually see it go in, but celebrated like I did. Very nice. nice. We're, We're kind of happy for you. Um, all right, guys, let, let's, let's bring our guest in here. Obviously, you don't know who it is. Um, the last show we did, it was Jim Nance, um, who's had a reasonably decent career. The person who's joining us now, um, let me just say this. He, he went to the family business. Um, it's interesting. He likes being on game shows. Jay, I believe he's got a SAG card like you do. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, in an odd way, he got he got tied into and pulled into the whole Linda Tripp, Monica Lewinsky, private tapes. And, and if you don't know who it is by now, the last thing I will say is, he was once a work colleague of Gill's, and he was proud about that. And now he's kind of a work colleague of yours, and he's really not happy about it at all. So with that, uh, we're bringing in Joe Buck of ESPN. Finally, somebody on the top of the marquee from ESPN that has real chops. Joe, how you doing? Hi, guys. You just missed the most syrupy 
like ass kissing intro Gary gave to anyone of all time. So I hope you could hear it. But if you can't, I'd get a copy of it. You might want to play it on a loop in your home. Uh, what about like for a eulogy or something someday? Just give it to my wife, put in her purse for whenever that uh, wonderful or dreaded day comes. Well, I don't think you want to wait that long. No, the one thing I did say, Joe, is that you you genuinely you were a colleague of, of Gill's. You kind of are with Jay now. I mean, you work for the same company. What I said was you were proud of the association with Gill. I assume you're, you, you just kind of stomach the, the, the association with Jay now. <laughs> um, yes. Well, to take the first part, absolutely thrilled and honored to be on the same team as Gill. He's abs- he's, he was, I think, in many ways, the best part of our coverage, just the way he could dissect what a golf course uh, really was all about. And, and I, I, I mean, you see his work now, it's everywhere um, with, with every major event that's being played. So there's Gil, but yeah, Jay is uh, Jay is to be tolerated, not enjoyed, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm happy nonetheless to be at ESPN, which I think at one time was, uh, or maybe still is considered the worldwide leader in sports. Well, you, you're, you seemed happy with uh, me getting coffee for you. I got the, the cream and two sugars order down and, I mixed yeah. it for you. I, I think it's been a good relationship so far. Well, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And I appreciate that. I'd like the coffee a little bit warmer and I've got a new thermometer that I'm going to pop into it in uh, 2023. <laughs> so uh, I'll be a little bit more accurate and that way you can kind of dial it in a little bit better. Did you? It sounds like one of those uh, ESPN commercials you guys. It, do. it does. Yeah, uh, that That is when I know <laughs> that I'm really, I, I'm kind of really not at ESPN. I just do Monday night football, but if I am ever in an ESPN commercial and somehow Charlie Steiner pops up in it, <laughs> then I'll know that I'm at ESPN somehow. Did you, um, did, Gil, did you and Joe ever play any golf? I mean, you only did, you know, a handful of events over the course of the time that Fox had the package. Did you guys ever play any golf? Uh, no, because I felt like my preparation was much more important not to watch me slop it around the golf course, but to really walk and talk and look. And Joe played, I think, mostly with Faxon. Uh, who else played with you? Is yeah, I played with Fax. Well, the first years, uh, McCarron played a lot. Fax, yeah. Flesh a little bit. Um, but that was the best part of it all. Was you know, I, I've done, obviously, football and baseball my whole life. And I love going to those venues. I mean, I love it. But I've never played football at Lambeau. I've never uh, taken batting practice at Yankee Stadium. I've taken batting practice at Bush Stadium one time. Uh, and that's it. Otherwise, I, I go to these golf venues. And we were at Chambers Bay the first year, which I've kind of tried to to block out of my memory. Uh, but it still it pops up every once in a while. Uh, and And I played that golf course, I think, every day to the point that I was pissing off some of the players like McElroy and different guys are like, I mean, I don't know what we can and can't say on a podcast. You can say such, whatever you such want. Highbrow. Huh? You can say whatever you want. Okay. They were like, who the fuck is this guy? Why, why is this guy on our golf course? And I was trying to figure out uh, at Chambers Bay, you know, with my slappy left to right cut crap shot, uh, how the golf course, I was just trying to kill time basically, but I, 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 and work on my tan, but, but I enjoyed every second of being out at those venues. Jay, you and Joe play in Tahoe every year. I actually was looking at your results comparatively to one another, uh, over the last, I think you've only been in the field together three times. But have you you guys haven't been paired together out there, have you? Yeah, Jay? I think we were. Yeah, we, have. We, we were a couple times. Yeah, we played the first day a couple years in a row. I think I don't know how they do it, but but it seems like they put you know the broadcasters together and football players together, stuff like that, and then the real celebrities together. Uh, but yeah, we played a couple times, and uh, you know the, you're the... on the junior circuit when Jay and I are like on the range at uh, six fifteen in the morning, <laughs> and you know we get through the seventeenth hole maybe an hour just to be safe an hour before any kind of network coverage begins. Uh, so that's kind of how they lay it out. And Jay and I are, are early morning. I, I don't know that anybody hits more balls at that event than Jay or me. I think our, our ball usage combined is uh, easily the top pairing in, in any of the field. And Joe tolerates my caddy walking with him and his caddy for the entire round and peppering him with questions. <laughs> Uh, about baseball and football and I, I have to remind him like you're supposed to walk with me 
Well, that part's fine, but I love that. Anything to get my mind off actually walking up to a golf shot that I'm about to hit, I'm I'm fine with. I, I talk to the crowd. I talk to the marshals. I talk to uh, anybody that's anywhere near the golf course. I'm trying to strike up conversation in order to divert my very, very fragile mind as I play golf in front of, in front of other human beings. You, you mentioned that Jay hits a lot of balls. You probably didn't hear this. Jay just made an eagle on 17 at Pine Valley a couple days ago, and I was – I think Jay plays more rounds between like April 5th or 6th until what? November 1st? Probably more rounds than Tom Kite did in the 1984 season when he played like 39 <laughs> events. Well, how many cuts did he make? <laughs> Probably 37 of them. Yeah, then, then I do play more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Jay. Uh, that's that Duke uh the duke education coming in uh full force i i i'm i'm obsessed um and i don't know about you jay but with this tahoe event every year and and i've been in it the last two i took a long break i think i tied for 15th maybe the best i ever did which i threw my putter in the water on 18 that is the most glorious moment of my life uh i i look at this event like this dark cloud that's on the horizon and it's just creeping closer and closer and closer. And so my, I've got five-year-old twins. Uh, they have not seen a lot of me, much to the dismay of my wife, not because she wants to spend time with me, but because she she wants me to spend time with the boys as this event gets closer and closer. So I change my swing every day. I change my thought. I tell my wife every day that I, I found it. I found my swing. Uh, which I misplaced sometime around 2002, and uh, and so now we're marching our way toward this dark cloud. But uh, I'm I'm actually excited to get out there. Uh, it's it, look the event is, you know, Steph's there. Steph has been loyal to it. Obviously, Aaron. I mean, you're some of the biggest, legitimately biggest active stars. Not this is not about. I I was talking to Theismann last week. He, this is 32nd start at the American Century, which is great. But to have these these bona fide, you know, leading men in sports active playing is is awesome. I you know, Joe, you mentioned the whole you know Chambers Bay thing. Gil, I, I want you to go back and look. All of us watch sports. We've been watching you, Joe, since you were in your mid twenties at the network level. So, Gil, you you take the job to do this with Fox, and it was look, it was a it was a huge bit of news. It was. The latter part of 2013, I think it was around the PGA Championship at Oak Hill when it was announced that Fox was getting the USGA package. And I was at Golf Channel, and believe me, the, the, the wall shook. It was, it was stunning. So you decide you're going to do this. Do you remember the first meeting you had that Joe was in, production meeting going into that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time, because we were it was rehearsals, Joe and Greg Norman were primarily, we were just watching the, them work together and then the first time I ever had the headphones on I heard Mark Loomis's voice in my ear we're on live tv like that's how unprepared I was I was I was actually frightened to death and one of the nicest things that Joe ever did um after that so we were talking about POA and it was Shane O'Donoghue and myself bracketing Steve Flesh and Corey Pavin and so we were talking about the bumpiness and I said it would be like putting across our because two of us had hair and two didn't he said, we're putting from one from Shane to me. It would be like the POA was us with the hair and you guys were the smoother <laughs> fescue part. And afterwards, you know, this was like second or third day I'd been doing this. Joe came up to me and he said, you're really good and you're funny. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because, I mean, I was petrified <laughs> with this whole thing. And I had a lot of compliments of how succinct I was. It was just because I was scared to death to say more than like two or three sentences. And then with Loomis going... All right, as soon as Mickelson hits this shot on 10, we're going to swip over to two. Well, if I keep talking about hole number 10, it's not going to be relevant when they switch over to the second hole. So it just was boom, boom. The cadence of it uh, was was interesting. And then, yeah, it was just watching Joe and, and Greg was the first time I saw them. And then Joe was great in the in the meetings, not so much the rah-rah, but just, hey, focus, do what you got to do to the whole team. He was obviously the, the most senior voice in the room, so it was, it was fun to learn. 
you know, sure. Joe, you have, look, you, you still have Aikman. You had McCarver for all those years. You're, not only are you doing a new sport that you love and that you know, but you're doing a new sport and the team is all new together. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, you know, I, when you go into it, I think you have to be as positive and as, you know, well, nothing's going to slow us down. We're going to be amazing as you can be. But the reality of it is that it's really hard to pick up and and do golf. I think much more so than any other sport. I mean, I've done every, I've done basketball. Uh, I've done baseball, obviously, football. I've done horse jumping. I've done whatever, you name it. Golf is, when you're on your couch, the slowest event you could possibly watch. And I was a kid around my dad, who was an older dad, watching him doze off. And he was making me watch golf. And I'm like, this is the most boring thing ever. He said, someday, kid, you'll get it. And and I got it. Once I became a young dad, it's like, okay, let's shut out the world and lay on this couch and watch this beautiful <laughs> game unfold with these unbelievable views and and these incredible athletes making these shots, then you get in that chair and it is night and day. It is fast. You're not looking at any of the golfers. You're not even looking at the golf course. You're not at a hole. The whole, the golf course is behind you. One sliver of 18 is behind you and you never look at it. I never walked out. They had like a, a walkout area at Chambers Bay. It's like, I'm sitting there trying like hell to keep up with who's doing what. And you're just totally reliant on a producer telling you who's next what hole and what they're putting for and if that information's not right and it's right 99 percent of the time it's on you because that's your mistake or when you get brooks kepka's wrong girlfriend at the end of a u.s <laughs> open uh from a card that you get from the back of the booth and that guy's like oh my god i'm sorry i didn't know it's like okay i gotta wear this for the rest of my life uh <laughs> You know, that you're, I don't like being reliant on other people's information. If I, I make a million mistakes every broadcast, but they're my mistakes. And, and I, that's how I want it. And that, that was the disconcerting and hard part. Fortunately, we had a great producer in Mark Loomis, but Greg was new to being the quote unquote analyst where you have to go. You can't wait for me to ask you a question. You got to go. You're, you're the guy there to analyze and you you are really the star much more so than the the host or the play-by-play -play guy and then you're reliant on okay he says what he says the person in charge of that hole with hole announcers or somebody walking the course they've got to get their comment in there's so much choreography that it is really hard to pick up and do it and i i know i'm droning on but i, I remember when fox got the rights and johnny miller and everybody at nbc was was pissed off and oh, rightly yeah. so and Johnny Miller said, well, you don't just fall out of a tree and do a U.S. Open. And I was thinking, well, how dare he? And then I think the first thing I said on Thursday's coverage was, <laughs> hey, falling out of a tree and doing a U.S. Open here at Chambers Bay. There's only one tree out there also. Uh, but the reality of it is he was right. You don't. It's like you just hit. You got to get out of your driveway. And all of a sudden you're in a NASCAR race. You got to pick up and go a hundred miles an hour like you've been watching the tour all year and all your life it's hard to pick up and do and and i thought we got we got a hell of a lot better by the time pebble beach rolled around our fifth year i was really proud of that coverage i was proud of, of all of it but i i was really like man this was good and when jim nance came in the booth and said hey you guys are showing angles of pebble i've never seen with drone shots and all that i i thought we pushed the coverage forward which i'm really proud about I, Joe, how do you uh, think it should be handled in golf? I mean, these are huge production events, and there's so much going on at once. What's the best way to handle calling live versus uh, a shot that was on tape? I didn't know how big of a controversy that was. I never really paid any attention to that when I wasn't doing golf. And then when I did it, I got it. And I feel I felt like we got a lot of credit for showing a lot of live shots. That's great, but I also think you have you're doing a TV event too. So there there's a balance there. You have to create drama. And if you just go live shot, live shot, live shot, live shot, live shot, live shot, you don't you're you're you gotta hold some things because certain things have to go in order. You know, Billis makes a putt on seven for Birdie. Now let's see what the guy right behind him at six is gonna do. 
and he's only one shot off the lead, holding that a little bit and not having that live to me is okay. It is a TV event. So, you know, the Masters, it's tape shot after tape shot, but I'm okay with that. I, I want to sit on my couch and feel the drama and the build uh, as as the event rolls forward. So I, I think there's a balance. I understand the the need and the call for more live, more live, more live, but it's a TV show too, and, and I think you have to be smart about it. The thing about 15, first of all, Twitter's becoming this this toxic riptide Um and, and you guys are doing this for the first time. It's at a place that people are totally unfamiliar with. Um, it, looks, it looks unusual. How much were you trying not to consume reaction, feedback, reviews of, of the work as the week was going on? Gil, you're, you're, you don't participate in Twitter, and you look much nope. healthier for it. Joe, you're, you're Look a, at me. Yeah. I'm like a beaten down old baseball glove. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't speak for Gil. I, I didn't get on any of that stuff. And I, I really don't much anymore. Yeah. If, if I do something, it'll be kind of one-way communication instead of going there and see three compliments and two you sucks and all that other stuff. I It just gets a little – it does wear. It's a death by a thousand cuts, and it, eventually it gets in your head. And when you're trying to do something new, you know, I, I think we had a lot of things stacked against us. It looked strange. You know, I, I think it's funny how your mind works because when we were there and the golf course is, correct me if I'm wrong, Gil, the golf course has changed a lot since we left there. The greens have all changed. I think they changed the grass on the greens. And, and it was just, I heard Gary Player was ripping it. And that's kind of how we went into the week. And it's like, oh my God, you know, it's it's it felt so negative going into it. You want to push that out of your head and then you get some time and you go back a couple of years later and watch the tapes. It's like, I get it. I understand. And and what, what upset me was some of the criticism was like, and the Fox camera people couldn't even follow the ball. Well, those are independent contractors. It's the same camera person that was shooting it for NBC. Most likely they was shooting it for Fox the next year. They just bounce around network to network. It was glary. It was hard to see. The ball was hard to see against that grass. So it, it was, and then we're all stumbling around trying to figure out how to do golf. Um, it, it, it was, uh, it was not a time to be on social media. Uh, but I don't know if you're willing to stick your neck out when that time really is. Everybody's got a, a chance to rip you. And when you let them in your front door, I mean, you kind of deserve what you get. Gil, how much did you guys rely, you know, Joe mentioned Mark Loomis, you know, there, there are not a lot of producers of, of live sports that have like the bona fides in the sport. All these producers at the elite level, they're great at what they do. But, you know, Mark, Mark's lived the game his whole life. Um, and, and so did you guys feel like you and Joe, I'll ask you, too. But, Gil, did you lean on him as far as, you know, and how constructive was he? And I'm not just talking about 15, 16. You guys had an interesting mixed bag of venues. You went from Chambers Bay to Oakmont, which is a bellwether site, to Aaron yep. Hills, which, again, total unfamiliarity, to Shinnecock, which is as regal as it gets, to Pebble, which is, you know, the gold standard. How much was Loomis a, a kind of a, a reliable voice of reason during all that time? He was phenomenal, but I don't know any different right i don't know i've never been involved with anybody else doing that role but he was terrific and his familiarity with the game was great and you're right when you think about you know 15 chambers bay all that was going on 16 the whole dj controversy with the ruling uh which joe did an amazing job of basically calling it at face value even though you know everybody thought we were going to be shills for the usga he called it at face value then you get aaron hills and the record scoring and the new venue and then you get phil and the crazy setup story at eight. So it was like every year we couldn't get a break. There was always something else going on as opposed to just telling the story of, of golf and how the whole thing, and there was just all these different distractions. But I think that the thing you look at now, if you look at televised golf, almost all of the innovations that we now rely on and count on as a part of the, the presentation were all you know, put in place by Fox. They were all the, you know, the shot tracer, no doubt, the drone technology that the, the listening to caddies talk to their players, that whole damn I mean, That's the thing I can, you know, Joe will remember this too. It was like, lay out, lay out, be quiet. You know, just, or it was even the only time I ever heard Loomis get mad was when one of the guys, I won't say who it was, was just talking over Spieth and Greller. And he was just like, shut up. 
you know, he kept saying, lay up. It was like, shut up. That was the beauty of, of those microphones in the cups. It was driving everybody nuts, the kind of gurgling of the ball going down there. Well, once they kind of stopped doing that, all of a sudden you picked up conversations and players talking in this, to themselves that you never heard before. It was like the unintended benefit of these these incredible microphones that were at the bottom of the cup, like right in the middle you know, it's it's like what we have in the NFL when they would put a, a microphone on the center or in Major League Baseball, you put a microphone in the second base bag or in the outfield wall or on the foul pole. The one time it hits the foul pole or on the upright. It's like fans have never been there before. So, I mean, I'm not even at Fox anymore, so I, I could I feel like I can speak freely on that. But it, it was I was really proud of a lot of of the stuff that we were doing day after day and and to answer the loomis question he was phenomenal I, he was leading scores of people through the wilderness every day and if it, it you know greg and fleshy and all these different guys that were that were semi new to that type sure. role on television you know that's teaching them the tv he's teaching me how to do golf like you know what do i need to I play a lot of golf. I've watched a lot of golf. That doesn't mean you can broadcast golf. So you got to figure out the mechanics and the tone and the right, when you do this, when you don't, how you read the scoreboard sitting in the booth. Um, and you know, the, the, the real scoreboard compared to the TV scoreboard and how you put highlights together. And I'd never really done any of that before. So, um, you know, that, that's what you come on the air with every day. You do action that's already happened before you get you know, the top of the hour. And now you're doing highlights and all stuff that I've never done in my life. And so it, it was a lot of newness. And and I, I mean, Mark, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And like I said, we gradually built toward an event that I, I would put up our, our 2000, whatever year it was, 19, 19 uh, yeah. U.S. Open at, at Pebble was was some of the most proud television I've ever been a part of for me. Yeah, I told. Yeah, I have to, yeah, I have go to ahead. thank Mark as well because he took a chance on on putting an architect in the booth and trying to get that perspective. That was his idea. I mean, so from so Loomis, I you know I owe him an awful lot for. I for mean, he's a golfer. He's yeah. tied in at Wingfoot. He 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 played at Vandy. His kid's a great player, Ben, who's a wonderful young man. I mean, it's it's in his DNA. So we were in good hands in that. That like, hey, why don't we try an architect? on the air why don't we try some different things why don't we bring david fay back in for for rules and regulations and whatever and why don't we do uh you know quirky things about how the golf course plays and try to show how how deep the rough is by some you know crazy demonstration or whatever i just was a lot of fun funny quick paced good stuff that i think pushed the overall product forward in my mind yeah it was I, i remember the first time you guys showed you used a fairway shot tracer and I went son of a bitch like this is this is okay it's a new day because you know you you get shot tracer on like three tee shots in a round and you guys are are showing shot tracer on like shot after shot after shot 187 165 I'm like okay it's that we've recalibrated the way this thing is going to be done technically and I will say Joe as far as 19 and I said this to John Bodenhammer in LA a couple of weeks ago, who's the USGA, you know, head honk when it comes to the setup of everything. I said, 19 changed everything because Pebble was shown in a way, and you mentioned Nance, it was, it was like, holy cow, this is like, this is what this really looks like from the air. Um, It was, it was totally game changing. Jay, look, you watch as much golf, almost as much as you play a lot of golf. Do you remember those five years, like as somebody who's done a, a ton of television, just your impression of somebody, a newbie doing something like this? Yeah, I remember at first um, it, it made me think like, is golf so provincial that we can't handle something new without complaining about it? Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I loved it. Your thing about the shot tracer. Now, if you see a shot on a, uh, on a tour event or any golf event that doesn't show the tracer, you feel like you're watching a 1950s uh, TV show. It's the NFL uh, without the first down marker. Kind of, yeah. I mean, heck, when I was a, when we were kids, we had to actually do math when we watched an NFL game uh, <laughs> to, to show where the first down marker was. Now, now everything's done for you, but it makes it so much more enjoyable. 
And uh, and so I think it it really honestly improved golf coverage a lot and moved it forward. And so I I, th- I think it was great. And you know I I think it's interesting. Like uh, I don't know whether we call it sensitivity or what, but but you know I'm I'm just wondering, Joe, like when you're talking about the the criticism or you know Twitter, social media, is it is it greater in golf? versus football or baseball or or are we just more sensitive in golf than we we are in other sports i think you know and i can say this without being a part of it anymore i feel like as you said it's very provincial it's very hey this is our world who the hell are you and and why are you doing a u.s open and and i get that i mean i i do i understand that everybody gets comfort and you have certain notes from certain jim nance was created by god to do golf play by play i mean it's just his tone of voice matches it perfectly and and that is a tone that makes everybody feel comfortable and then all of a sudden we come in and hey it's fox and it's you know loud and music and <laughs> sweeping things and junk flying all over the place and everybody's like what the hell where is everybody suck my thumb and and then you know everybody kind of gets all i know is when we sold we sold the rights back to nbc people were coming out on my tour like man i really enjoyed you guys doing golf in michigan like where the hell were you for the last five years i wouldn't have cried myself to sleep every night but as it is i gotta you know think about the glory days now through one tweet that I got after uh after we lost the rights or sold them back at a discounted rate <laughs> do you um you've got to have played a ton of golf with Smoltz through the years didn't you enough to 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 know how a incredibly good he is yeah. sorry I just pulled dead skin off my lip and now it's bleeding uh and b uh how obsessed he is I mean I, I've never seen anybody We'd do World Series and we'd fly overnight and I'm dragging. I was doing football at the same time and mixing that in on the off days. So my, my was even, I think, a little more tired. But I mean, that guy, if he if he is feet on the ground in some city where he can go play golf like L.A., the Dodgers were in it year after year after year. He can set up a golf tour better than Jay Monahan. He, he can't. I mean, it's he's got connections everywhere and and it's remarkable and he's very giving like he he he's hey we're playing with millar and uh uh you know manfred and hey do you want to come out we're gonna go play lacc when we land and it's like god i just want to go to bed but it's lacc i think i do want to go uh but and then you drag yourself to a a a world series broadcast it's like (laughs) good evening everybody and welcome to game seven of the world series this is John, and he's on his phone, like nodding off because we've been out, you know, playing golf all day. But man, it's, you know, he did it when he played. He did it. He does it when he broadcasts. I mean, the guy cannot play enough golf, and and I'm not in that category. I'm close, but uh, yeah, I, I realize how freaking good he is. And and I flew with him from Tahoe to the All Star game a couple of years ago when he led wire to wire until the last hole. Yep. On the last day, and Del Negro caught him. And I, I mean, he was catatonic. I've never seen, I was, I kept putting a mirror under his nose just to see if he was breathing still when we were flying to the all-star game in Colorado. Uh, but he was, he made it through and he was smiling the next day. He's got the most unbelievable demeanor and disposition uh, more. He's, he's in a bed. I've never seen the guy in a bad mood. It's unreal. No, he, 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 you're right about the way that those guys network. The first time I saw, I saw him, Maddox and Glavin together when they were, you know, this was height of powers for the three of them. They had, this was when they had started to build their network. This was mid nineties at Seminole. And I was, I said, wow, you guys, he's like, yeah, we're, we're starting to figure it out. And whatever city they had them all. It was, it was like a mini major championship Rota that those three guys had. If it's, if they're playing the Phillies, they're playing Marion and Pine Valley. Yeah, they're not playing any munis out there. They're playing the best courses in the country. And and I I had that a little bit when I started. That's really when I started playing golf with the Cardinals, and I'd go and Mike Shannon. We'd play, funniest story, we'd play Olympic Club uh, before uh, a, a night game, 
sometimes after a day game and we're playing Olympic club when it was pretty much closed down to the members because he was friends. Mike Shannon was friends with the president of the downtown Olympic club in San Francisco. And we got out there and, and members weren't even playing. There It was right before a U.S. open one year. And you know, the pro shop, the back of the pro shop is this huge pane of glass. And then the first tee. And I walk in like, Oh, I don't have any golf balls. We just got, we just finished a broadcast for the Cardinals against the giants. We hustle over there. I run into the pro shop and the, whoever the pro or assistant pro had his back to the counter and he's looking out at Shannon getting ready to tee off on one. He's like, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but I'm tired of seeing him on this golf course. I was like, <laughs> can I buy a sleeve of uh, tile list back here? And like, just take the balls. Like, All right, Mike, I don't, I don't think we're going to play here anymore, which I don't know that we ever did. Uh, I don't think, Gil, that he's mentioned a golf course that you haven't done a restoration on. You know that Gil did. Just, Are you guys done with the restoration at Olympic as far as the, the real work? Yeah, we just finished. Yeah. We just finished. Yeah. So it'll look – but the pane of glass is still there. Okay. Uh, Am I right? Isn't it a gigantic – there's nothing gigantic on it, just glass. a big pane of glass. And they stand there and watch you, yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, and judge you. Gil or <laughs> Joe, have you been, have you been yet to a hoopie which – Again, Gil's done the restoration of every great masterpiece, golden age golf course almost in this country, but the original work part of Have you been to a hoopie yet? Because Jay will crawl there when the invite comes. Is that that's the place where you play? Match it's play. different, right? It's it's all yeah. like match play or what? what is it? It is. It's all match play. Yeah. I, the answer is no. I've not been there, Gary. Okay. You need to go. Get you there. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. I've played. You set us up at uh, is it Fishers? Fishers yes. Island. Yep. Fishers. I mean, I, my God. It's yeah. the, the the just hang, just hang with Gil, and <laughs> and life is good. I the funniest story was Gil. You said, did you ever play? The answer for him was no. I I mean I I know he's a he's a good player, but we we were on the seventeenth tee somewhere. Might have been Shinnecock. I think at the end of our time and he was following us around. I was playing with Fax, and of course, Faxon's got to play the back tees, even though he should be up one with the rest of the <laughs> normal people, but he's insistent upon playing the back tees. And, uh, I, I hit the worst drive of my life and I turn around and Gil is like doubled over in laughter. He had told somebody the way I was lined up that he was sure I was going to like cut, this awful shot off the bench that was in front and I hit it and Gil <laughs> called it. So, I mean, he's like Babe Ruth calling the shot uh, with, with old Dum Dum here, like I basically whiffing right. a tee oh. shot, but, but I've never seen that man laugh like that. Um, you've had, I mentioned McCarver Aikman with Aikman. I think you guys started together. Oh, two still together. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The interesting thing is Jay, have you had a, a, a partner for more than like three or four years, which says James. a hell of a lot. In broadcasting yes. or golf? In, no, in broadcasting. You've had Shulman for how many years? My point is Joe oh, holds time. on to his analysts and he has these great lifelong partnerships and you shit can guys left, right, and center. Well, as long as they, all I really need a play-by-play -play person to say is welcome everybody to Duke versus North Carolina and then Sports Center is next. <laughs> that's all you really need. You've got everything and, in between? Yeah, that's what the great ones do. Yeah, No, but I've been with Dan Shulman for I don't know how long. I haven't, I haven't been counting. Uh, and then I work with Sean McDonough for a, a lot of years uh, doing Big Mondays and, and other things, you know, Maui Invitational. So um you know I'm, we're, we're not married to each other as far as it, it's not it's not quite like football where you do just one game a week we've got multiple games each mm, week shot fired um, yeah but i mean no <laughs> one game in football is a lot you got more players to deal with but but we have more games to do so you're going to work with a few more people we uh actually we're all happy that joe years ago you you clipped sean as the youngest man to do a world series anything to piss off sean brings all of us great joy. Uh, it's I want to hard. see his birth certificate. I've not seen his birth certificate. <laughs> right. I still think I'm the youngest. I We played with him. So Steve Ackles, uh, who I'm sure Jay knows with ESPN, um, maybe you all do, uh, who's now going to be our in-game producer. And I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am about that for Monday Night Football. But he 
and Sean uh, and I played at Whisper Rock right after the owners' meetings, and and we're still on a text thread uh, with Sean's choice of music is yacht rock, oh, no. and so. Uh, and then as the 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 coolers went down the whatever those things are the like seltzer drinks that 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 one might consume on a golf course the routines got bigger and bigger and and i mean this one song uh which i i mean i can't even put it in my head right now cuz it doesn't leave uh from yacht rock you know it's like it came from some long ago <laughs> but it but it wasn't that it was uh Oh, I can't, I don't even want to do it to myself, but I, Sean makes me laugh more than, than anybody else in this business, because he's always got a quick take on whatever you say and whoever you bring up. And I mean, it's just awesome. It, the, the, the laughs do not end with him. You, Best uh, counter puncher in the business. Yeah, he yes. really is. No, he, he absolutely is. Um, guys, you mentioned Nance. Did, have you ever played, like, whether it's him, Hicks, Tarico, all the leading network guys, have you ever spent time with those guys? Because your, your schedules are what they are. You're, 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 you're gypsies. Have you ever had any real time with any of those guys? I don't know Nance hardly at all. Um, I've gotten to know him a little better the last couple of years. He's at a place – uh, at El Dorado down in Cabo where I've been since 06. And so they, they just uh, bought in with some other people. And, and I, I got to finally hang out with Jim Nance, which was great because we obviously have kind of the same circles of friends, but the answer was weirdly, no, I didn't know him prior to the last couple of years. Al, I know really well because I knew him when my dad was doing games with him. And now I play with him at Bel Air every once in a while. And I played with him uh, a couple of years ago at Tahoe. And I, I just, I love the man so much. I still think he's the best football play-by-play guy. Not, not ever. I mean, yes, ever, but now. Um, Tariko, I probably know the best through texting and stuff like that, but I've never played golf with him. And Hicks, I played... I got invited to play uh, Augusta National a few years ago and, and played in the same group with Dan and got to know him and kind of handed Azinger back to him. And and yeah. so we we text all the time. But I, I don't know those guys very well because we're all doing our own thing. And it's not like we have, it's not, not like the the League of Justice where we all meet and put our, our little costumes on and go out and do different events. So I, I we don't we're not card carrying members of any club. Uh, since we're getting close to training camp and as we, we turn the calendar back to football, I want to ask you, because I haven't, I haven't talked to either one of these guys about the whole the, the, the night in Cincinnati. Gil, were you watching the Monday night game, the DeMar Hamlin situation? How quickly were you, uh, were you aware of, of what was going on and did you put it on to see Joe and Troy and then subsequently studio and then transitioning of Van Pelt? That night, do you remember where you were and how quickly you were plugged into what was going on? I was on an airplane, which is no shock. Um, so I, I didn't find out until after I had landed. Okay. So, no, I didn't uh, – I did not see that. Jay, were you watching? I was watching it, yeah. And it was uh, – uh, as soon as you realized how serious the situation was, uh, it was comforting in a way to have, to have Joe and Troy doing it. I mean, it was so authentic – and uh and moving um because there was so much unknown but you knew how serious it was and then the post you know the post coverage of it similar uh in how authentic it was but it it was it's still it's still when you think about it it still kind of hits the pit of your stomach uh, how fearful you were uh because i and that that to me honestly not to blow smoke at joe or anybody else but um, that's when, that's when you find out who's legit and who's not, not, not a, a situation that serious, but something, something where, you know, you have to do a fill you're off, you know, you're off the game and there's something that happens and, and that's when, you know, and, uh, and it was obviously clearly identified there. Um, you know, now that we find after we knew everything was okay, you could, you could really think about, man, the job that everybody did on the air to not only chronicle the news of it, but capture the you know the raw emotion that everyone was feeling 
um, is just a superior, superior job, I thought. Yeah, Joe, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be specifically analogous to the World Series game and Al Michaels with the earthquake, but, but you're talking about something so extraordinary that takes, the, the, the game is over, but you're, the setting is the same, and now you're trying to manage this. Um, when, on reflection, what are the things that stand out from that night? You know, I'm really proud of everybody's restraint, I think, is that's the word that comes to mind. Um, I, I think it's easy when you're in the booth uh, to be restrained like I was and and Troy and, uh, you know, everybody on our crew, Lisa, who was unbelievable down on the field and uh, and right on down the line, I because you don't know anything. I mean, that that's the thing. They keep coming back to you, and it's like, I don't have any more information than the person sitting on. I have no idea. Nobody is telling, and I'm not saying they should, but you don't know anything about what's going on. I will say this. The restraint part is Jimmy Platt, our director, and I, I would assume that this is, this is pretty well uh, uniform standard operating procedure, but when he went down and it was as serious as it was, all of our cameras pulled away. And I, I think the reason being is you don't ever know, A, what those cameras are going to show. It could be something horrible. Uh, and it's going to go into a tape machine, and you just don't want that going somewhere that you don't you know, sanction, and you don't know where it's going to end up. So everything pulled back. And then we go to break, and then they double up the break. And then all of a sudden you see it go from, you know, he initially got up to then he went down, to then I'm watching over the wall of players that, that went around him, these brilliant people that literally saved this man's life, feverishly pounding on him. And it was like, you know, it just it made you just stop. And, and you had to catch your breath like, oh, my God, like what what actually is happening? Because you just think, as as trite as this sounds, that somebody got up, they had a head injury, they went down, they're going to be woozy, they're going to go, and then all of a sudden they're pounding on him. And it just was, it was stunning. And and then it was like, okay, what do you want to say? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going off what I'm seeing from X number of hundred yards away. I don't know if I'm seeing this right. I don't know, but we don't have any information. And then when you find out after the fact what was actually going on, not only that, but you know, cutting a trach uh, entry area into his chest. And I mean, the job that those people did down on that field, I, I don't, I, I, I think I'm right. That to me is like landing a plane on the Hudson. Like that to me is in front of an entire stadium, in front of a national audience, this guy was, was gone and they brought him back and had to be perfect to do it. And they were, and, and it's just, it's a stunning story. I saw him, Damar Hamlin, at the upfronts, whatever that was, a month and a half ago, mm -hmm. and I instantly became emotional. I, I don't know what that tapped into, but I think I kind of pushed some of that down because you have to be the professional talking about it. But I tried to put my dad hat on and, and act like I was talking to my daughters, and, and they're texting me while this is all going on, and so, I mean, it's a long rambling thing, but I, I, I'm just, I'm proud that we weren't, you know, comparing it to anything else, um, jumping down rabbit holes with no information and acting like we knew something we didn't and making dumb proclamations that, that weren't accurate. Just the, the, the lesson is just watch it with everybody else. Don't feel the need to talk. Uh, the pictures are, are powerful. And people get it and just watch what you say because that that can come back and, and haunt you the rest of your life. So you have to be really, really secure with everything that comes out of your mouth. I don't, I don't know how much you ever go back and watch con for constructive purposes any broadcast. Did you go back and watch any of that by chance? Um, I did not. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I just remember – Troy calling me the next day and he said, I've worked with you for 21 years. And I think that's the best I, I think I've ever seen you in action. And I was like, okay, that, that carries a lot of weight. I'm going to leave that there. And I, no, I never went back. I, I, you know, whenever they turn in the Emmy tapes and all, I never watch any of that stuff. Um, 
but but if it's on like when not that's not going to be on but but i'll flip past nfl network all the time and and my old games are on and it's good to have separation between now and then and then and be able to go back and go constructively watch it and go because when you watch it right after the fact you know all the thoughts you had you know what you wanted to say you didn't get a chance to say but when you can watch it 10 years later 15 years later and and you don't remember all the different points of the game and you can just kind of watch it fresh and you can watch yourself that's kind of when when I get the most benefit, I'll say, ah, I'm saying that a lot. I got to stop saying that. Or it's the same cadence. That's the stuff my dad used to tell me when I was a kid. And I do games into a tape recorder. Not every ground ball to the shortstop is a bouncer to short. You got to change it up. You're going to bore the hell out of people. You got, you got to, you're falling into to verbal traps. Watch your stuff and make sure that you don't. And, and that's kind of the way I, I do that. Gil, now that you guys don't work together, do you want to, tell Joe that you always thought that he never really was giving the Eagles a fair shot because you know how fans are. Yes. Especially those fans. <laughs> those fans. Yeah. Joe told me, I, I probably don't want to tell this story, but he told me a great story about uh, a particular Eagles fan uh, continually calling Troy Aikman out a woman uh, as, trying to get him to look at her. And, but anyway, there's, yeah, we're, we're special. Well, let me finish the story. Don't leave <laughs> people hang. The whole first half of the game, this woman's down in front of the seats at Lincoln Financial going, try, try. <laughs> I'm like, will you look down there? I'm tired of this woman yelling. He's like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not looking. Try every break. Try. I mean, you talk about relentless. Would not stop. <laughs> I mean, I give her a lot of credit for a lot of things in this story. Being relentless is one of them. And eventually, at halftime, he's like, oh, my God. Okay, fine. I'm going to look down. He looks down, and this woman finally has her moment with Troy Aikman face-to-face, and she just stands up and gives him the finger. And he only wears his Super Bowl rings when we do a broadcast. Otherwise, those things are packed away. They're monstrous. And... All he does is he holds his finger out with the ring on it back at her. And my comment to him afterward was, I hope to God she knows that was your ring finger. Because if you, she thinks you gave her the finger back and they're coming over this wall, I can't fight. So you're on your own. Did you did you ever, in the five years of, of golf, because you always got that blowback from people who thought that you were in the bag for certain franchises, um, did you ever get anything with golfers? Did you get, ever get any, any, any blowback? Like, you don't, you don't like Ricky Fowler or, or you don't like Justin yeah. Thomas. No, I mean, it was so refreshing. I see, I have, I've done, I did 24 world series. So 24 times on national TV, I screamed and yelled that one team won the world series. All those fans are happy. They don't care about me anymore, but now I'm screaming and yelling that that team won the world series half the audience hated me for 24 straight years. So I've hit every fan base. Every fan base thinks that because unlike their local guys, I'm screaming and yelling on TV for the team that just beat them, that I hate their team Uh, in golf. No, it's like, you know, why do you hate Jason day? Uh, No, that never happened. Uh, Why do you, everybody loves Ricky Fowler. Um, No, I mean, that's the beauty of these individual corporations that are tour players uh, yeah, you can just kind of call it. They either make the putt, they make the shot, or they don't. And and I I never got any of that, or at least I wasn't aware of it. All right, let, let's get you out of here because Jay's got four hours of daylight. He can probably play 36 hole, holes. Gil's going to try to reshape another green at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth. Let, let's get you out of here with these five quick questions. You you mentioned throwing a club earlier where was oh it was at Tahoe what what was the but that was out of pure joy okay the the whether it was joy or anger the last club you threw and where was it I learned my lesson I threw my three wood at uh it wasn't pebble it was uh spyglass I was playing with my friend Kelly James you probably know the 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 guy who does all the freestyle raps on T-Boxes across America, my good friend Kelly James, just he and I. And I hit like my 18th block into the into the woods, and I just went, I threw it, and the thing just stayed up in the trees. So it's probably there right now, 
Jay's and done I, that. I, Jay's done that. Yeah. Was it a three iron Jay on the ninth hole at Carolina that was a three Golf iron. Club? Yeah, it was a three iron. Yeah. yeah. And he had some Duke sycophants who literally like spider monkeys came out of the grill room <laughs> and climbed the tree to get it out of the tree for him. Yeah, yeah they held like it you hostage. Wanted. They held it hostage for quite some time. Gary was with me. Uh, I hit the two best three irons of my life right in a row, and both of them went over the green and went uh, went out of bounds. And uh, and I threw that thing, got stuck in the tree, and I couldn't get it down. And Gary brings it up. I think that's why he asked this question, so that he can tell that story. <laughs> I, I can honestly say I've never thrown anything after a shot that I thought I hit well. That's That's true. I've never – I couldn't say – I hit the best three iron of my life and it went over the green. I'm like, ah, I don't really don't care. But when I don't show any skill, like I've never played before and I block another shot into the woods, like I have no idea. I'm swinging with some other human's arms at that time. I, I want to throw, I, I, that's when I just, like, how much time have I wasted on this game? And it's like, I've never played. And then I throw. Gil, you're not a club thrower. I've never seen you throw a club. Nope. I'm definitely, I don't, I don't know why, but I'm not. I, I just, do because you're, you're a gentle soul. Everything. You're a gentle soul with your little Philadelphia Eagles tattoo all over your back. <laughs> all right, I so think it's good go. for you. I think it's good for you to, to release the anger. Probably. It's yeah. healthy. It's a healthy thing. You talk about a walk of shame though, when you got to walk and go pick it up. Uh, that's, true. that's enough to make you stop. Do you guys have any of these questions or you want me to ask all these questions? Yeah, actually, yeah but we got you. so deep. We got so deep into the club throwing thing. Club throwing thing. I, I got to ask you, all right, way, way, way too early. Who's in the Super Bowl after this season? I mean, yeah, this sounds like I'm just playing to the home crowd here, but uh, Philly <laughs> is so clear in a way the best team in the NFC. You know, this is all presuming that everybody sure. stays healthy. It's healthy. Um, I don't know if you've been around Jalen Hurts. I love that kid. I mean, not just the skill, but just his demeanor, everything. Uh, he he is phenomenal. So, I, I mean, Philly is far and away the best team in the NFC. Uh, and the AFC, I mean, it's so boring to pick Kansas City. It's so boring to pick. But I, I'll go kind of. I th Buffalo's got to win something here soon. I think with Josh as as their guy, um, we've got them week one at the Jets and Aaron Rodgers debut. Um, yeah, I think the Jets will be really good. I, I but I, I don't know if they can put it all together and and get to the Super Bowl this year. But I'll say Buffalo and Philly. Yeah, I, I had a different question. I mean, I, I was. Move to ask you why you hate the Rams so much after that answer, but I'll move on. I'll move on. Your your favorite your favorite comedy movie of all time. Mm. See, I take this stuff seriously. Like th this is I can I ask a, a qualifier here? Certainly. Sure. Like, is it is it the movie that one time I saw it and I was like, oh my god. That's the best movie I've ever seen because that happens at different periods of your life and you grow and you mature and you, or is it, if I come across it right now on my TV, I'm not going to turn it off. How about the latter? If you come across it, you're not turning it off. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it, it would kind of be one of the boring, like highbrow ones, like, probably either it'd be a Christopher guest movie like waiting for Guffman or best in show best in show best is in show. Uh, well why do you hate the big Lebowski so much <laughs> I know John Goodman does that count uh I, I do not hate the big Lebowski uh but I just I I yeah that one never I don't know why certain movies they hit you at different times and that was one that I just never hit me the right way what is a what is a job you think you would be good at? Because you've only had one job. Yeah, I, I think I think advertise advertising some some end of it. That was always my favorite class at Indiana. Uh, I, I just I, I feel like coming up with a clever phrase or something that you show that tells a story of a product in a unique way is a fun way to use your brain. So I would think advertising. What was the best basketball game you saw at Indiana? Um, 
Well, I got there the semester after they won it all. The Keith Smart jumper from the baseline against Syracuse. Uh, so I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to the Nationals. We're going to win it every year. And, uh, yeah, still waiting on that one. Uh, I, I did find it funny as a student, and it caught my attention when waiting for a long time at the end of a game, the place had pretty much cleared out. I I noticed that the chairs on the Indiana bench had a long running wire in attaching all the different legs. So if Bobby was going to throw <laughs> one chair, he'd have to throw eight. So that it, it, he couldn't physically do because people would be in the way. So it was a genius way, either that or bolt them down. So uh, I, yeah, it was like Jay Edwards was there at that time. And it was funny because it, it just caught my attention that when they would go on a run or a bad run, and he would, you know, get over it and pull somebody out of the game. Everybody's attention went from the actual game to the kid walking back to the bench, <laughs> confronting his head coach, Bobby Knight. Uh, it And it, it was just, it was gold watching him just undress some kid verbally. Gil, do you want to ask Joe if the Mets are going to come out of this abyss uh, that they're in? I'm stunned. I, I'm stunned. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, I, I thought they've they've done everything to set themselves up for for success, and they just cannot get it. I know injuries, but every team's got injuries. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Trust me. What about Aaron Rodgers for the Jets? Bullish? Yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I think he is one of those guys that knows that this is a big year for him. He's there for OTAs. He's there getting to know everybody. He wasn't the last few years in Green Bay. Uh, I think that had just kind of run its course, and I think he's enthused and charged up. So I I think a, a an enthused, charged up Aaron Rodgers is – dangerous for the other teams around the AFC. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be good, and I think he'll be the reason why. All right, let's get it back to the beginning. Where have you not played that you you really genuinely are like, God, I, I got to get there? Is there a place? Scott, I've never played anywhere in Scotland. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I've invested in a hotel right off 17, I guess it is. Rusex? So, yeah. Yeah, you know it well. I've seen I, pictures. I, I know. Of it. I, I know think, your partners. You, oh yeah. You're, you're, well, it's I a mean, motley it, crew you're involved with. It's a motley crew, and I have put so little money in it. I to say that I'm part owner is comical. I I've like paid for maybe one turn of the bed sheets there. Uh, that's that's about it. So I, but I I would love to get there and play. I did the Yankees Red Sox uh, series in London pre pandemic. Played all over Ireland. Played in. Uh, in in and around London, loved every bit of it, but uh, I've not seen St. Andrews. Well, we hope you get there. Listen, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Guys, I don't know who we can get next. It was Nance. Now it's Buck. I'll call the ghost of Kurt Gowdy. Hopefully he's available. I thought it was Sean McDonough. No. The ghost of Sean McDonough? <laughs> Is anybody going to be at his charity event in Boston coming up? Has he wrangled any of you people into that? Jay always finds a conflict. I, I usually go, but I can't go this year. But I often, I'm often asked, you know, if I could have, if I could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be? And when I give my answer, McDonough's always like, "What about me? You didn't put me in there." And I, I'll tell him, "Okay, I'd like to have dinner with Sean McDonough, dead." <laughs> That's so great. Joe, uh, I'll thank be there you. in case anybody wants to see me. I'll be there at the uh, Sean McDonough uh, Celebrity Fest in Boston. And guess what? The golf course you're playing, designed by Gil Hans. Of course. There you go. I'm Nothing trying to, to think. I mean, about. it's you're like the Stephen King of, uh, of <laughs> golf course architects. You've got That's a little creepy. Huh? That's creepy. a little creepy. Yeah. But I, I don't know who it was Letterman or somebody's like, yeah, he just finished another book in the back of a cab coming over here. It's just like <laughs> day after day. I don't know how you keep it all straight. Good support, Steph. I'm uh -huh. looking at your Emmys and I'm looking at Jay's trophies and stuff. And I'm in the superintendent's office at Colonial. We got books on like chinch bugs and 
all kinds of fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, stuff exactly. And the, the the blacklist of of who the bad members that that <laughs> don't treat the golf course properly. Nothing but fertilizer behind me. <laughs> yeah, and me, for that matter. Joe, thank you. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of your summer before it's time to go back to school. Yes, I will. Thanks, guys, for having me. Good to see all your faces. Thanks so much. See ya. ya. Thank you again to Joe Buck. As I said, you know, for him, it's interesting. You know, Jay is Jay is going through this this out of school, can't play enough golf. And for Joe, it's similarly, but his season gets started very, very soon as the Monday night face of football on ESPN and appreciate him. And it's interesting that, you know, when he and Gil worked together at Fox, Gil really was like a a star immediately. And you could tell it was great to get those two back together again. And I can promise you, Joe and Jay will never work together, even though they work for the same network. And Joe is the beneficiary of that. Most importantly, thank you to all of you for watching and listening to the five club scramble.